This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Good evening, my friends. And welcome to a brand new episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd. And tonight's episode, I will be featuring the original horror radio series. So, without further ado, this is Terror Radio. The radio series highlighted tonight is... The Witch's Tale. Now, this is considered to be the first horror fantasy radio series to ever air. It debuted on May 21st, 1931, and concluded on June 13th, 1938, on the Mutual Radio Network. It was created, written, and directed by Alonzo Dean Cole. Now, each episode was hosted by Old Nancy, the Witch of Salem, which was originated by stage actress Adelaide Fitzallen. And when she passed away in 1935, she was replaced by 13-year-old child actress Miriam Wolfe. Now, tonight, we will have a double dose of the witch's tale. The first radio play is The Mannequin which was first broadcasted on August 25th, 1936. Following that is The Truth of Death, which first originated on January 13th, 1938. So, you know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to The Mannequin, followed by The Truth of Death. Fascination of the eerie. Weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. They are waiting. Waiting for you. Now. Marie Antoinette, about 2,000 francs. I haven't the slightest use for a lady's powder box. No? I show Monsieur the pistol of Maximilien Robespierre. I'm not interested in pistols. Uh, I show Monsieur the sword of the Marquis de Lafayette. Please, please, I don't want that either. You 
do not desire the sword of Lafayette? No, all Monsieur desires is to get out of here. Wait, Paul. I owe Henri an explanation after looking at everything in this place. Monsieur, I regret that I must leave your excellent shop without making a purchase. But you see, I came here in search of a particular something which I have not found. Oh, what is it? Monsieur Seek, he have not found? I, I don't know. Comma? <laughs> All I know is that I became convinced that there was something in your shop that, well, crazy as it may sound, something that wanted me to have it. I always knew a man had to be insane before he chose painting as a career, but that notion proves that you're even madder than the average artist. Something that wanted me to have it. Bah! Monsieur, do I understand you are an artist? Uh, why, yes. Uh, an artist to paint picture? <laughs> Guilty. Oh, monsieur, come quick, this way. What for? I have something you will buy. Something only for the artist. What on earth? It must be something precious if he keeps it behind all these locks. <laughs> Wait until you see. Uh, Andre, you want us to go down in that cellar? Oui, monsieur. Uh, follow me. I turn on the light. What no the... Come, monsieur. Please come, please come. All right, I see nothing down there but crates and broken junk. He's unlocking another door. Please come, monsieur. Too sweet. Come on, Paul. I'm with you. What the deuce do he want you to see? I think it's the thing I came here to find. I feel its call again. Whatever wants me to have it lies behind that door. Oh, bank. We'll soon find out. He's drawing the last bolt. I may God, that's a chicken. He says he's afraid. Now the door's unlocked, he doesn't pull it open. What's wrong with you, Henri? You're trembling like a frightened child. What are you afraid of? I... What's behind that door? I... I open the door, monsieur. Regarde. Good Lord. There's a woman in that closet. She's hanging by the neck. Her hands and feet are bound with ropes. This man's a murderer. They've killed her. No, 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 no. She's not a woman. She's a mannequin. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. What? It's only a mannequin, Paul. A lay figure. You mean <laughs> a dummy? Yes, yes. Every artist has one in his studio. You'll see mine. I drape costumes on it instead of using a live model. And the figure in your studio isn't anything like this one. I should say it isn't. This is a work of art. It's positively lifelike. To me, it still looks like a woman hanging there. Why have you got to trust up, Andre? As though it were some dangerous animal. Take that rope from around the neck and bring it under the light so that I can see it properly. Oh, oui, monsieur. Monty, he's frightened to death of the thing. I can see that. But why? It's merely a big doll made of wooden cloth and cotton stuffing. Bring it out, Henri. Oui, monsieur. That's right. Cut the rope from its neck. Hurry up, she isn't going to bite you. Oui, monsieur. Well, aren't you going to cut those cords that bind the hands and feet? I want to see how the joints work. Monsieur, you perhaps will cut the cords? Oh, give me the knife. Easy. I don't wonder they don't like to touch the thing, Monty. It seems living. Human. The most remarkable mannequin I've ever seen. Mm, its covering is of the finest silk. Look how it's padded. Every muscle, every feature is perfection. The face is almost beautiful. It's lovely. A master artist did this job. He was a crackerjack mechanic, too. Listen, as I move these joints about, you don't hear the slightest squeak. How is the hair fastened on? It actually seems to be growing from the head. Say, the hair isn't an ordinary wig. Hmm, sounds like a wooden base underneath. Tiny holes must have been drilled in the head and the hairs inserted one by one. Who could have gone to all that trouble? Search me. The maker has given a glass eyes, too. Yes, I've already noted that. And they stare at us as though that dummy understood every word we're saying. Funny. Those eyes do convey an illusion of intelligence. Monsieur. You find the, the mannequin good? Good? She's perfect. Then you will buy? You will take her away? Well, I'd like to, Henri. But I can't afford anything so fine. My price is very low, miss. Yes, I've already heard some examples of what you call low. How much? Ah, monsieur. We wish to be rid of her. The price, it do not matter so long 
You take her from the shop. Monty, wait. There's something funny about this figure. They're too anxious to get rid of it. You're sure this isn't stolen goods, are oh, we? No, 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 monsieur. We are honest people. We prove we buy this mannequin from place in Lyon. We buy our sheep. That is our reason. We sell sheep to you. Well, I don't know what this mystery is. But if you can prove you bought her legally in Lyons, I'll take her. You... You buy her, monsieur? Pack her up, and I'll tell you where to send her. Oh, we, oui, we. Oui. Now, here is the box in which she came, monsieur. It looks like a coffin. Monty, you won't have her delivered to your door in that. It'll frighten your wife to death. <laughs> it probably would give Loretta a turn. But I'll warn her what to expect. No, better than that. We'll take it home with us on top of a cab. And now, monsieur, you will place my purchase in this box. I'll pay you and be on my way. Uh, would monsieur mind if I... If I do not touch the mannequin again, you, monsieur, will lift her in the box? You don't like her a little bit, do you? Now that I've removed the cords with which you had a bound, you probably think her hands will throttle you or something. Well, I'm not afraid of her. Come, pretty lady, prepare to turn... Monty! Monsieur! Monty, I just saw that figure's arms curl about your shoulders. It looked as though she were embracing you. Now that we're nearly home, Paul, please wipe that look of superstitious gloom from your face. Aren't you yet convinced that my new mannequin is just a mannequin? Naturally, your explanation of the thing's weird movements is the only reasonable one. Of course. Hanging in the damp cellar of that shop, its wooden frame became warped and out of adjustment. That's what made its limbs perform those eerie contortions. (laughs) I confess I was considerably startled, though, when his arms wrapped themselves so lovingly around my neck. I mustn't tell Florette I've purchased such an amorous lady. You know how jealous she is. Ah, here we are. I'm glad. And that figure's coffin-like box above us on the roof of this cab, I felt as though I were riding with a corpse. <laughs> I'd better assure Florette that that's not what I'm bringing home before she sees the box and starts to wonder. Oh, darn, it's too late. There she is at the window. Now, Raymond's with her. And thank heaven he's here. I'll have a brother artist to help me gloat over my new purchase. He won't share your dislike of her. Hmm. They've left the window. They must be coming to the door. Yes. Take down that box, Tabby. I'll send Potter over to help him carry it inside. Monty! Hello, Florette. Hello, Raymond. I say, old chap. What have you got in that beastly-looking box? We saw you arriving in the Fondale. Just wait until you see her. Wait till we see her? Yes, darling. I'm bringing home my new sweetheart. Your new sweetheart? Don't be jealous yet. Is Potter around? Oh, we left him standing at the door. Potter, oh, Potter. Yes, Mrs. Montague. Come here and help the cabbie with his box. What is inside that box, Bonte? You'll soon find out. Now, how do you fellows? Bring her in. I'll open the door for you. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, here we are. Here we are. You can lay it down here in the hallway. That's right. Now, get me a hammer, Potter. There's one in my studio. Or will you pay the cabbie, Paul? Monty, tell us what you have in that box immediately. Yes, don't keep us in suspense, old chap. You'll see for yourselves in a moment. Potter, hurry up. Here's the hammer, sir. Here's the hammer. Shall I, uh, shall I give it the work, sir? No, I'll open it. There's only a single nail at each end holding the boards. Behold. <gasps> Good Lord. Mr. Montague, take her away. She's a corpse. No, 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 Florette. It's just a wax figure. You're both wrong. It's my new mannequin. New mannequin, Monty? Wait till I lift her out and show you. Oh, she puts her arms on your neck. <laughs> you explain that, Paul, while I place her in this chair. The framework inside is warped, Florette, which makes the limbs spring into queer positions. At least that's what Monty says. The thing's an absolute work of art. I knew you'd appreciate her, Ray. But, Monty, these joints aren't warped in any way. Are they, they move in my hands without the slightest effort. Because walking is not the reason why her arms move just like light. She's more than just a mannequin. She's not good. I do not like her. You're jealous of my new sweetheart. But that's what she is. My newfound love. (laughs) 
She's certainly lovely, isn't she, Florette? Who was it? I heard it too. Heard what, Monty? That figure sighed. You're crazy. No, I heard her. So did I. Me too, sir. Then the four of you are batty. Monty, take this thing away. I will not have it here. I'm afraid. Dear, you're not going to become hysterical over a big stuffed doll. Here, let me hold you in my arms. The figure made a hissing sound. It did. Oh, look at its eyes. They stab me with hate. Why, they do. Have you all become raving lunatics? She or I must leave this house, Monty. I would not stay here with her. Nor I, sir. Oh, I give notice. Oh, this is becoming ridiculous. Now, Monty's right. We're making fools of ourselves. Because this figure is so lifelike, we're imagining things that can't possibly be so. You certainly are. Potter, stop trembling like a frightened puppy and mix everyone a scotch and soda. Yourself included. It's apparently needed to steady such flighty nerves. Uh, yes, sir. Serve it in the studio. Go on in, fellas. Come on, Paul. All right. I come, too. Uh, wait, Florette. Before we leave here, I want you to take a good look at this mannequin and convince yourself it's no more than cloth and cotton stuffing. I do not wish to look... Eyes stare at me with hate. How can eyes made of glass show any emotion? Monty, I'm afraid of her. No matter what you say, I know she is more than what she seems. And I know she does not like me. Florette, dear, you should be ashamed of the way you're acting. Come now, snap out of it. I, I am very silly, I suppose. That thing, it can be nothing more than just a great big doll. You know it can't. Yes, I know. And I'm afraid of her no longer. I prove to you she cannot fight me, Sherry. Regardez, I slap her face. No, don't. You might knock her off that chair and break her. Very well. But because I meant to slap her face, you see, I am not afraid of her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Your courage is proven. Now let's go in and join the others. Wait. Then kiss me, Mon Petit. You did not kiss me when you arrived. I was too excited over my purchase, I guess. Now I'll make up for lost time. Yes, kiss me. Kiss me much. Oh! Dear, what's the matter? Paul, Raymond, come here. What is it? What's the matter? Look at Florette. She suddenly collapsed in my arms as though she'd been struck. Struck? Yes, Paul. You're a doctor. See what's wrong with her. Blood oozing from her head. She's not badly hurt. No, merely a flesh wound. Just enough to knock her out. What did it? I don't know. There's a hammer lying at her feet. Someone must have thrown it at her. But we were alone here. You were not alone. I tell you... Monty, that mannequin was here. And when you opened the case in which you brought her here, you left this hammer lying beside her hand. If find what they call a natural explanation for everything, Raymond... Even say she did not throw that hammer at my head last month. Ray, will you try to talk some sense into this poor deluded child? My dear Florette, Monty is right in insisting that your accident was due to some normal cause. It's impossible to believe that an inanimate lay figure threw a hammer at you. That mannequin is not the thing it seems, I tell you. She tried to cause my death because she loved my husband. My dear child, you can't believe such arrant nonsense as that. Oh, you are like Monty. You think me just a fool. Paul is the only one who do not say that I am crazy when I speak about that mannequin. But he is gone away from Paris now. Hmm. Thank heaven for that. I couldn't stand both him and you talking madness day and night. Oh, Raymond, I must make you believe what I say for Monty's sake. Since that figure come here, he has changed. I have not changed. You have. Ever since you know me, I have been your model. Now, no more you let me pose for you. You paint only from that mannequin. Oh, for the love of... Ray, you know I'm working on a canvas depicting Abelard and Helwars. Florette posed for Helwars and the face is finished. Now I'm simply painting in the costume. And she's sore because I draped it on the mannequin. Instead of making her stand motionless for hours like a wooden clothes horse. All artists do that, you know, Florette. But he is not only painting in the costume... Yeah, for he touched the face for which I posed until now he looked like the mannequin. Well, what if I have? Have you, Monty? I... Uh, yes. Why? I will tell you. The face of hell was should be all love. I love Monty, but I am just a simple woman. The figure is more than woman. 
and she loved him more than I do. Oh, that's rot. But, well, crazy as it may sound to you, Ray, I did catch an expression of absolute devotion from that mannequin's painted face. Because she knew you. You told me that she called you before you ever see her in that shop from which you buy her. Uh, oh, I'm sick of this whole business. I know she's nothing but a jointed image. I'll never have a moment's peace while she remains inside the house. You win, Florette. You mean he... I'll get rid of her. You've admired her, Ray. You'll take care of her. I've heard enough of your silly talk about a voice inside this box, Potter. Now that we've reached my chambers, pour yourself a drink and forget it. But there, there was a voice, Mr. Raymond. Mr. Montague heard it and so did his missus. Well, I didn't. All I heard was a crash as you let your end of this case fall to the floor. And if I find the figure inside broken, I'll strangle you for it. Uh, find me something with which to pry this lid open. You're, you're not going to take the figure out, sir? Naturally, naturally. Now, this heavy hunting knife will do the trick, I think. There we are, Potter. Lift the lid aside. Yes, sir. And now I lift a fair, inanimate cause of so much unreasoning terror from her most uncomfortable-looking casket. Out you come, pretty one. I'm not afraid of you. You're going to live with me now. Florette says you're in love with Monty, but he's given you to me. You won't see him anymore. Look! The figure's end! Huh? It's grabbed the dunting knife! Uh, her other hand's at my throat, Potter! Potter, get that knife! Uh, uh, she stabbed him! Killed him! And now she's coming after me! Help! 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 Lorette, will you please stop pacing the floor like a caged animal? Raymond has the figure safely inside his studio by this time, and it's not coming back here. <gasps> what was that? Mary, the doorbell. It is she come back. Rot, it's probably Potter returning from Raymond's place. I'll let him in. Hello, Monty. Paul. Hello, Florette. Oh, Paul, I am glad to see you. You alone do not say I am a fool about that mannequin. You see, the lay figure is still the paramount topic of conversation, Paul. Just as when you went away from Paris. I'm not surprised. And I'm here to carry on the conversation, Monty. I've just returned from Lyons, where your big doll came from. What do you mean? I went there purposely to learn what I could about the figure. And I discovered some interesting things. Look at this photograph. But first let me colour half of it with my hand. Here. Why, it's a picture of the mannequin. No, Monty. It's a portrait of a living woman. Now look at the other half. A man stands beside her. He is Monty. It's my photograph. I never posed for such a picture. Those clothes we're wearing. I never saw them before. The costumes you see are those of a hundred years ago. The originals of this picture have been dead almost that long. I do not understand. Where did you get this picture? I had it photographed from a painting in the Lions Museum, which bore the date of 1840. 1840? Why do the dead man in this picture look so much like Monty? I can't explain their resemblance except by supposing it's one of nature's duplications. The man you see here was a sculptor named Marcel Valmont. The woman was his wife. They were greatly in love with one another, so much so that when she died, he lost his reason. He is reputed to have made a life-size figure that resembled her, which he kept always at his side until his death. You think my mannequin... Yes. That is why she loved my Monty then. Because he looked like her husband. But the mannequin is only a copy of the woman. From what we have seen, I think she's something more than that. Something more? Yes. I wish to examine your mannequin carefully. It is gone. Gone where? I gave it to Raymond about an hour ago. Oh, that's all right. He'll keep it safe. Oh, that bell. I'll answer it. She said she would return. Stop that, Tourette. Miss Montague! Miss Montague! Oh, it is only he. Why are you wearing handcuffs? Eh? And who are these men with you? Pardon moi, monsieur. I'm Sergeant Groshan of the Surete. Police? What are you doing with my servant? He is under arrest because there have been attempted murder. But I didn't do it. She stabbed him with a knife. I saw her do it. 
Who stabbed who? The figure stabbed Mr. Raymond, and then she got a wild vagal. You're lying. That's impossible. His story is insane, monsieur. That is why we bring him here for question in your presence. The wounded man cannot yet talk. The story is not insane. She tried to kill Raymond because he'd take her away from you, Monty. Florette. And she will come back here just like she said. She's only cloth and wood, I tell you. She can't be anything else. Quiet. Listen. I hear footsteps. Of a woman. In my studio. Come, we're going in there. We oui. Open quick that door. I have it. <gasps> American. Oh, she has entered through the window. A bloodstained knife is in her hand. It is the one she used on Mr. Raymond. She's coming for me. Oh, Monte Stephanie. I won't let her harm you. Stop that thing. Quick, quick. I've got a knife. Now I've knocked her down. She's just a padded figure. She couldn't walk as we've seen her. She couldn't try to kill anyone. We're all of us mad and seeing things that can't be true. Well, we won't see things anymore. Paul, don't slash her with that knife. I'm going to find the infernal mechanics that make her run. Oh, oh, you ripped her body. You spoiled the thing of beauty. Are you satisfied now? Now when you see she's nothing but cloth and wadded stuffing on a wooden frame? The framework isn't wooden. It's a human skeleton. Oh, oh, oh. oh, the head is a skull. The air is growing from a human skull. Oh. It's, it's the skeleton of Marcel Valmont's wife. He put her bones inside the figure that he made. It seems so. The poor bones denied rest in the grave. I've been lonely, Monty. She found and loved you. Because you look like the man she loved in life. I think that's the explanation of all that's happened, Monty. Perhaps it is. Where, where is her husband's grave, Paul? At Lyons, in the Cemetery de Loyes. As soon as you police have finished, Sergeant Goudin, uh, I'll see these poor, restless bones are buried beside the man she truly loved. Monty. Florette, I, I wonder if I... if I was him a hundred years ago. episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. of the eerie, weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. They're waiting, waiting for you, now. Ireland. 
with a fairy. <laughs> That's right, Satan. Tell folks to make it nice and dark. Our cheerful little bedtime stories is best heard in gloom and shadow. Now, draw up to the fire and gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep. And soon you'll see a moonlit patch of woods in County Clare. Soon you'll hear a boy and girl are talking. <laughs> and there begins our story of the truth of death. <laughs> the truth of death. <laughs> Let me hold you in my arms again and taste once more your lovely lips. Nora, Alana, pity me. Oh, when you talk like that, you know I always let you have your way. Oh, Makushla. Oh, I love you, Bartley. Love you so. No more now. Let me go. No. Oh, please. If married, we should be to carry on like this. Married, we shall be soon. No, we are not yet. When will you be after telling your father of us, Bartley, and asking his consent? Why, why, whenever you wish it, sure. Do you put it off because of fear your father will object? And how could he object to you? Oh, he's a rich, proud man, and you're his only son who's been sent to city schools. Sometimes I'm off to thinking he'll not be happy to have anyone so poor and ignorant as Nora O'Neill for his daughter-in-law. Nora, darling. Well, tell me, fair. He's not already forbid our marriage. My father's never said a word against you. And if he should, his words would have no weight, for I'd give up everything in all this world for you. You tell me truth. Can you disbelieve me as I take you in my arms? Oh, let me go. Please, no more kisses. Nora, Alana, pity me. Oh, you know I can't deny you. Enough now. Take me home. Not yet. Yes. Mother will be waiting for me. I'm treading lightly on the lichen. Sure, the banshees are about a moonlight night like this. <laughs> You're a superstitious Cassine. Can you never be persuaded there are no such things as fairies? How different you are since you've been away to city schools. You don't seem to believe in anything anymore. I believe in love. My love for you that overflows my heart. That's all that matters. Will you tell your father of it soon and ask his blessing for it? Be sure he said no word against me. Never a word. And I'll tell him soon. Now kiss me again before I take you to your mother. No, no, please. Nora, Alana, pity me. Oh, you know I can't deny you. I love you, Bartley. Love you so. Crickets, crickets. So it is back in this house, is I, you creatures. I hope this time you'll come for luck. It was after your last killazy that the banshee wailed for Seamus, my man who now lies in his grave. Would it be this time a useless old woman like myself you're after cursing? Sure, then you wish no evil on a sweet gossine like me daughter Nora. Now she is bred in salt for ye his doonings. Stay in this house and welcome. But this time be your visit for good instead of ill. Come in, whoever you are, and peace be with ye. Good evening to you, Susan O'Neill. Good evening to you, Michael Glennon. Is it alone, yeah? I have eyes to see that I am. And who did I hear you talking with as I just passed by you, Windy? It was the crickets, may the son of God preserve us. You were talking to the crickets? Aye, close they are to the little people. And much harm or good they can bring to the house they enter. Crickets, little people. Bah. Michael Glennon, you know not what you say. Ah, they've stopped their chirping. Quick, speak them soft, apologize, or they and the she's will do you harm. Oh, enough of such old woman's talk. I'm here for speech with you concerning Bartley, my son, and your daughter, Nora. I've come to warn you that all goings-on between them must end. What do you mean? My Bartley has been to school in Galway. He's an educated man. And I have ambitions for him that I'll not be after seeing spoiled by his marriage with an ignorant country wench. Is it after telling me he's either that simple Connaught Lennon objects to marriage with an O'Neill of Ulster? You see my point. The O'Neills are no longer kings in Ireland, whilst this Lennon myself owns the richest farm in County Clare. There can be no marriage, as I've already told me, son. You, you've told Bartley? Weeks ago. And yet every night he's called here for my Nora. Now they're out together on the haste. So I've suspected, and that's why I've come to warn you's fair. I saw you was a fool when just now you passed mortal insult on the crickets and the sheaves. But are you such a fool as to think you can curb young men and women in their love as you curb horses in their traces? Bartley is my son. You'll see I'll mould him to my will. No, Bartley, no. Nora, Alana, pity me. So? Sure, and I pity you enough this evening. Now you've had your last kiss. Darling, just one. Oh, you know I can't deny you. 
Well, do the warning of your girl myself, Susan O'Neill. Sure, and there's no stopping a fool. Do so, and you must. Bartley! Oh, oh, Father! Come inside here, both of you. Oh, Mr. Glennon, what come to your mother, oh. Nora, my angel? Try and stay with her. You, Bartley, come here with me. Oh, Father! No words. Long ago, I told you to leave off courting of this girl. Bartley, you said... Long ago, he knew me wish... And now this night he'll know me will. Either he breaks off seeing you forever or he's no longer son of mine. Away from him I'll take everything that I've given. The money from his pocket and the roof from over his head. Father, wait. You've heard me will. Say what's your choice. But say it now. Father, you don't know what you ask. Have pity. Oh, tell him, Bartley. Nora. I leave this house. You either follow me... Or you stay behind for good. No, no, Father. You either come with me now or stay. The Father, Father, wait for oh, me. Oh, Bartley. I'm coming with you, Father. I'm coming oh, with you. Oh. oh, Mother. And I believe the lies he told me. Oh, Mother. Laura, my angel. Oh, Chrissy, I might have known it was an omen when you stopped your chirping. Again, you brought evil to this house and gone away. Oh, Nora, you must believe me. I swear to you, I knew not what I did last night. You talked to me of marriage, known all the time it was against your father's wish. Then you followed him and his mind, after I'd given you my heart. But I didn't stay. I'm here again with you at that same Christian place. Yes, in secret. Oh, Bartley. I'll marry you, darling, as I said. Father, money, nothing matters beside my love for you. You must believe me. You must take me to your heart again. Oh, Nora, Lana, pity me. Oh, I want to believe it's truth you speak. But you failed me once. I'll never fail you more. Oh, Bartley, make me sure. Sure? And how will I prove it? Would you have me gather the stars from the sky and lay them at your feet? Shall I steal the moonlight from the waters for you? Anything I'll do to gain your love again? Will you plight with me the troth of death? The, the troth of death? Yes. Will you climb to the top of the fairy pink with me and swear our marriage with the locks of hair and the wedding ring from the hand of a corpse? I, I have no ring from the hand of a corpse. I have here the one my father wore. I took it from his finger as he lay in bed. Oh, it is a fearful oath, the troth of death. You fear to take it. You do not love me. I swear I love you. Oh, lie to me no more. Go, get you gone. No, I must kiss you again. I must hold you in my arms. Oh, let me go. Now go and leave me. I want to see you never more. I'll do anything you wish to when you're back. Come, we'll climb the fairy spink. With you, I'll plight the troth of death. Give me a hand and start the climb. But mind the rocks and brambles. Like me, they're all eager to caress your soft white beauty. Be quick. Let's reach the top. You're not going to plight the truth, disbelieve in what you swear. You've said the little people are but foolish women's tales. You believe in them. That's all that matters. What will be the anger of the fairies if you plight the truth in jest? And terrible their vengeance. I'm not afraid. Sure, I'd brave all hell itself for you tonight. Let's quickly say the truth, for I'm hungry for your lips. Here. We're at the summit. Tread softly here, for the she's are all about. Oh, you look as if you really see the little people. I do. In the scapular I wear is a dust of a four-leaf shamrock. Mother gave me. With a charm like that, you can see them plain as day. Good evening, little people. I wish you joy and health. You're always kind to lovers. So hear our troth tonight. Oh, you seem so sure they're here. Right. Let's leave this ghostly spin. Without the troth? I... Oh, no, too great is my desire for you. But let's be quick. We have a knife. Cut the lock of hair from your head. There, it is done. Give it in my hand. I do the same with mine. Here, take it in exchange. Now break the ring in two. The gold is thin and soft. I break it. A wedding ring from the finger of a corpse. You keep one half and give the other half to me. Now take my hand. I speak the truth of death. Oh, She's gloomy here. Oh, son of God, and all the saints bear witness. Wait! I thought it was only on the shares you meant to call. I speak the troth of death. You swear it with me, or we part forever. I... I'll swear. Oh, son of God, and all the saints bear witness, and fairies of the glen, and fairies of the hills, all spirits of the oceans, earth and sky, witness how we plight our truth. Oh... The air is thick with shadows. The spirits here, the fairy sea. Look upon this man and I. Here before thee, we now plight our marriage. 
With a ring from the dead we bind our vow, and with locks of our living hair, never shall we break our oath, never shall we be untrue one unto the other. Oh. If this pledge be broken, may the guilty one be stricken dead and suffer punishment to God's great judgment day. I, not O'Neill, do swear this oath. You, Bartley Glennon, swear it too. I, I, Bartley Glennon, swear it too. No, 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 I'm afraid. No, give me back my oath. The thought of death once plighted stands forever. Oh, Bartley, I love you. I'm your wife now. Take me in your arms. creatures. As if it wasn't enough evil you wrought in this poor house since two years ago you came before. Sure and for all I spoke you decent and gave your bread and salt. Come in, whoever you are, and taste be with you. So, tis you, my choose lemon. Ah, so is an O'Neill. Is it hating me forever you'll be because of the black-hearted son I brought into this world? Why have you come to this house of shame and sorrow? To tell you Bartley's ship was coming home. At last. I, well, as you know, I didn't want him to marry your daughter. But I'm asking you to believe that when I sent him away two years ago for a voyage round the world, I didn't know the harm his lying tongue had wrought. I'm a hard man, but a just one. And that's why I've come tonight. Yes, you're but a man. Neither hard nor just. Only vain and foolish. Perhaps you're right. Where is Nora and the babe? Out by the fairy spink. Every day she goes there, hoping your Bartley will come back and fulfill his vow of holy marriage. Mm. I hear her coming now. Mr. Glennon. Oh, peace be with you, Nora. Is, is it you've come to say you've heard from, from Bartley? Yes. His ship is coming home. Oh, pray the saints. My prayers are answered. Did you hear that, little Seamus, my babe? Your father's coming home. Nora. If you'd but accept a little money from me... Money? Too no O'Neill. Get you from this house. Sure I didn't mean... There's the door. Get out. I'm sorry. When my son comes home, I'll see that justice will be done. You'll see. You who molded him to your will and brought this all about. Get out. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, Mother, I'm so happy... At last she's coming home to keep the truth. Yes, she's coming home. Ah, Krishna Chidunas, Chalaping now for good or ill. Oh, Patrick, my lad, pour me out another drink. Faith is ship rose, so it is hard to make the liquor find the glass. Ah, I've done it. Yeah. And now, Bartley, tell us some more about how you win the girls. Oh, it is a talent I have in a system. Of course, first you've got to tell the vain soon she's the most beautiful creature on all God's green earth. Then, if she remains cold or afraid of herself, I appeal not only to her female conceit, but also to her sympathy. I make her think I'll fall dead at her feet from now if she doesn't ease my heart with a kiss or two. <laughs> Molly, or Bridget, or Kathleen, I see, looking deep into her eyes. Oh, Alana... Pity me. And it works, my lads. <laughs> it works. It's blimey, is that? How can I help it for? Fire all sails! All hands alert! Sure, you look all battered. Captain's orders. All hands on deck. You passengers, no sleeping. We're not in any danger, are we? Uh, that no one knows when they're at sea. It's a step storm. How far are we off island now? Just off Hag's Head. If we don't go on the rocks, soon we'll be in Galway Bay. You two passengers are lucky. You can stay dry here below. But it's back on deck for me again. Oh, sure. It's as if the devil was at sea tonight. Or as if the shades were reaching out for this ship and me. What's the matter with you, Buckley? For the last two days, you've been talking of the little people. Uh, for the last two days, we've been approaching home. Patrick, you've been to school like me, yet you believe in the little people. Can schools make you forget what your mother taught you as a babe? Oh, I used to think so. Now, when I'm coming back to Ireland again, I'm not so sure. Patrick, 
They also believe in O's. What kind of O's? The kind you vow to heaven and the spirits and the she's. Sure, I do believe in that kind. I won't. She forced it on me. Blinded me, she did, with the whiteness of her skin, the softness of her body, and the beauty of her face. I won't believe. Twist me, lad, you're drunk and talking riddles. Uh, yes, that's it. I'm drunk. Uh, that's what makes me afraid of things I don't believe in. And soon we'll be in Galway, only 50 miles from home, and from the fairy spink. I won't get off this ship. The she's can't get me here. What are you talking about? No, nothing, nothing. The she's can't get me here. Uh, what's that? What? The cranny. Is but a whistling of the wind. No! Hey, listen. It sounds like the keen of a woman. I hear nothing but the stone. Oh, once more it wails. She called the spirits of sea and sky as well as earth to witness. Sadly, you're drunk and talking mad. Oh, I know it. I know that keen. It's the wailing of a banshee. The banshee of my death. Crickets crap out your tunes in this poor old house of mine. Here again, I give you bread and salt so you know that we wish you well. Can you tell what song they play tonight, Mother? Is their speech at last for good instead of ill? It is hard to say. But I think, sweet Nora, that your battery will be coming soon. Oh, this ship should have entered Galway Bay last evening. Mother, that wailing which I heard, it was but a whining of the wind. Yes. T'was not a banshee, t'was a whining of the wind. Oh, it, it must have been. I shouldn't worry. But there's always danger for the men who sail in ships. An easy death at sea would be too good for one of his black heart. No, I've never believed his heart is black. He was only weak and thoughtless. And I love him. Yes, you love him. Be sure t'was just the wind that wailed last night, and not the banshee of his death. Oh, Mother, you know how I prayed for him to come to me at last. He'll come to you. Which he, he vowed the troth of death, and so spirits and the she's will bring him to our door. Tis midnight and time for us women to be in bed. I'll be staying up a while. Who knows? He may come tonight. Who knows? Sure, the little people know and do all things. Good night, sweet Nora, and God bless you. Good night, Mother. And the blessed saints protect you. Good night, crickets of warning. Please, heaven, your cherub for good this night. The little people know and do all things. Who oh, fairies of the glen and fairies of the hills, spirits of the ocean, earth and sky, bring my Bartley back to me. Laura. Bartley! No! No! Oh, you've come to me at last. I'm coming to meet you, Bartley. No! No! Oh, Bartley, dear, where are you? Lover, I cannot see you. No! Where are you, dear? Where are you? Lost, forever lost. From my broken trough, I'm punished to God's great judgment. Oh, Bartley! Nora, Alana, pity me. Oh, it was not well in the wind I heard last night. There's nothing I must wait for now. Ah, crickets, again you brought the banshee wailing by this house. Well, there's been a keening for me girly Nora. And her babe sleeps beside her in the churchyard's blessed grounds. Will it now be this useless old woman you're after cursing crickets? Sure, and it's all right. When you get it over with, this heart'll be yours alone. Come in, whoever you are, and peace be with you. 
Good evening to you, Michael Glennon. Uh, good evening to you, Susan O'Neill. Do you mind if I sit down and your chimney corner? Sit yourself and welcome. The waves have passed. The keening's over. My son is dead. And my daughter. She couldn't live without him. And the bed. Our grandchild, too. Our grandchild. Just a man I was, you once said. Neither had nor just. Only vain and foolish. Yes, just a man. So a fool. Is lonesome when you're old and all alone. We won't have long for lonesomeness. Nothing is long except eternity. Nora. 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 Every night he walks abroad, a formless ghost that none can see. Nora. Nora. Searching for her always to repair his wrong. But never will he find her till the judgment day. Punished forever for his sins. Oh, Lord. And how will mine be punished? Here, crickets, your creatures, is your bread and salt. tonight i want to thank you all for listening and remember you can find me on facebook at facebook.com slash terror 1970 or you can find me on instagram at radio show nerd or on twitter at radio show nerd one and if you want to drop me a line say hello make a suggestion a request a even a critique respectfully Feel free to email me at radioshownerd at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel, Terror Radio. Check it out. Like the videos. Share. Subscribe. Highly appreciated. Again, this is your host, Keith, better known as the Radio Show Nerd, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>